Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your cause. Hey there, Edwin, how you doing? Hey, Andrew. Happy Wednesday, buddy. Yeah, bud, happy Wednesday. We're halfway through, or... I don't know. Is this is this the third day of five? Is that halfway through or over halfway through? It's we're we're on our way. We are on our way, and uh, we're along the way, or with us along the way this week is Psalm thirty three. Absolutely, got to uh, having another conversation about it today, talking about our great Lord and His sovereignty. We were talking yesterday about who He is. I tell you what, when we get a clear picture of who He is, we are impressed upon His worth. And that we ought to worship him. Let's yes. talk about that today. I would love to talk about that today. I want to read from the New American Standard Bible, Psalm 33. Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praises to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army. A warrior is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in the famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us, according as we have hoped in you. According as we have hoped in you. Mm. I noticed uh, every time we've read this psalm, it always seems to end on the word hope. <laughs> well, it does. Each of the each of the writer or each of the translators get us right back to that hope right there mm-hmm. at the very end. We are hoping in Him, and mm-hmm. hope that is seen is not hope, which takes us back to what we said on Monday. This is, we've got that surprising twist at the end. What seems like thanksgiving and praise for what has already been done, we actually find out this is this is praise and thanksgiving in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the battle. Right. We are hoping yeah. in him. And so what should we do? Because we know who this Lord is, who is right. our deliverer. As you right. said before we read Psalm 33 today, we should worship in fact, that's how the whole psalm begins. It does. The, uh, the twist, I guess, uh, as we pointed out Monday, is... Maybe there's a, a famine or some other hardship or danger that's besetting the people right now that we would think, well, then they would be lamenting or they would be crying out. There would be sorrow. But that's not at all where this psalm begins through so much of it. It is a praise of God, a glorifying of God, a declaration of who he is, 
which I guess really is the manifestation of that hope. That's the form it's going to take. It starts with these declarations to praise, shout for joy, praise, give thanks, mm-hmm. sing, mm-hmm. worship, 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 worship. If we were doing this like a movie with a twist, the way it would happen is it's like you would be focused in on this group of people that are praising God and thanking God and declaring what a wonderful deliverer God is and how powerful God is. And then the camera would pan back and you would look around them and see that there's enemies and there's devastation and there's trouble and there's turmoil. And it's completely shocking that what they want to do right now is worship. But that is exactly Mm -hmm. what they're wanting to do is worship God because they know who God is. Mm -hmm. In fact, the ESV says, Praise befits the upright. I think I remember. Do you have your New King James open over there? Yeah, sure. What, what did it say right there at the begin at the end of verse one? Yeah, the end of verse one. For praise from the upright is beautiful. Yeah, praise yeah. worship is a beautiful thing. It is worthwhile. It is fit for us. It is. It's it's the thing to do. Not only is God worthy of worship, but worship is worth it. For us. It is worth it. And it's worth it for us. Well said. Absolutely. Well said. One of the beauties of spending time in the Psalms is, of course, finding a vocabulary uh, to use in our worship, appropriate ways to speak to God and and praise Him and such. Um, And I think we get some more instruction here about what good uh, worship can be, principles of it. Yeah. In fact, Andrew, I'd like to share with you something I picked up from one of the resources that I studied in preparation, Derek Kidner's excellent little commentary. He highlighted something in Psalm 33, actually specifically in verse three, where he highlighted, we see three principles that transfer for us, the three principles about worship that I think apply to us as well. And now let me point something out here. David, when he is talking, he is he's not actually directly talking about individual worship, though all of these things would apply to individual worship. He's actually referring to the group uh, community worship that they would have okay. at the temple. We we don't mm-hmm. see it as well in the English because in the English we don't necessarily have a distinction between the plural and the singular you. Not oh, in the yeah, written like formal English. You versus you all. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, w- when you have a sense of that, you do get a sense of community much clearer. Yeah. All of the all of these commands here are plural. It's okay. David is talking to a crowd and he says, okay. you all need to do this. That's that's what he's talking about. So this this really is the 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 communal congregational type worship. All right. Okay. But I think these principles apply whether we're talking about communal congregation, the the three that I'm going to share with you, I think apply Mm -hmm. whether we're talking about communal congregational worship or individual worship or family worship. Here's the three. Okay. Worship should be fresh. Fresh. Sing to the Lord a new song, he says. Ah, a new song. A new song. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't sing old songs. This doesn't mean that every week we need to be writing new songs and coming together with with a new song. And we got, you know, okay, now we've sung that one. We've got to move on. There, there's a great place for singing the old songs with new fervor. But what we have is that it needs to be fresh. It doesn't need to be rote. It doesn't need to be just going through the motions. The fact is God is so great and he is so amazing and he's so wonderful that, that we never exhaust our abilities to praise and worship him. So there ought to always be new and fresh things to say, even, even if we're still talking about, you know, the same creation. Yeah. New, yeah. new things. 
I see that. I And you know what? Uh, in this vein, even some of the old things that can become new again. Um, we, we have 2,000 years of the faith on earth, and there have been some tremendous hymns and songs written in that time, uh, poetries and prayers. I mean, there's a treasury that we could go back and and draw from. Um, and, and, you know, there's fresh expressions and new songs written all the time, obviously. But I was, I was struck one Sunday morning by a, a brother who was uh, called upon to lead uh, singing, lead song worship in church. And uh, he made some passing comment about, I know this song's going to be new for all of you. <laughs> uh, it was written in the 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. You know, and so it, it, it can be uh, new for me. Um, and of course, some of uh, some of the masters that wrote some of those beloved hymns are are from ages gone by. But they were um, new when they wrote them. They were new when they wrote them, and and I think the the freshness has to do perhaps with lyrics, but a lot with our heart and our attitude when yeah. we come to worship Him. Which is one of the reasons I really like that word fresh rather than just new, because I think the mm-hmm. idea that getting across is this, again, it's not rote, it's not old hat, it's not going through the motions, it's it's fresh. The worship today is new, it's yeah. fresh. And so often the, the new song also uh, has to do with declaring the great deeds of God and mm-hmm. the great deliverance of God. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's reflected that way often in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. What, what, what else do we see here? Yeah. Number two, worship yeah. should be skilled. Skilled. So uh, okay. David says to play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. Now I, I don't, we, I don't want yeah. us to waste a whole lot of time. We've just got a few more moments here. I do recognize, and Andrew, I know that you agree with me, that when we look at the distinction between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, in the Old Covenant, there was an aspect of musical worship that was commanded that we don't ever find authority for in the New Covenant, and that's the issue of the strings, the musical instruments, the harp, and the lyre. If I understand it right, I get into the New Testament, and it says the instruments that's supposed to accompany my singing is my heart. Yeah, not a harp. So my heart yeah, I think ful- right. fulfills that role of the harp. But but the principle that does transfer is skill. Skill. Worship is a skill. Here's what I don't mean by that. I don't mean you and I have to be professional level singers to be able to worship God. Mm-hmm. I don't think you and I have to be professional level prayers or Bible readers or you know whatever in order to worship God. But I do need to understand that worship is a skill. And that means a couple of things. Number one, it means if I'm just doing what comes naturally, I'm probably doing it wrong. <laughs> not, not that some people aren't just naturally gifted, but you know, the reality is anything that's a skill takes learning. Learning and practice, and it's actually worth an investment in time and energy to prepare, to uh, develop talent and ability and skill to do it well. Yes. You know, and, and when I think about how our worship is, um, the spiritual and through Christ in the new Testament, there is still skill to being able to train the mind. Yes. And there is skill to be able to, uh, give devotion and push out distraction, uh, to be able to surrender the heart fully, um, I, I think that there is, yeah, you're, this is all about learning a patience about it too. And, and finding a joy in it. I think the good thing about what you just said there, Andrew, that I really want to home in on is that the skill is not necessarily about my voice. It's about my heart. 
Yeah. And so, you know, one of the skills is, is not, I learn how to sing all these notes on key better, though I think we can work on that too. And I, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. There's a place for that. Sure. But the skill is learning to sing freshly, newly, worshipfully out loud, even when I can't sing those things on key like some of the folks around me. That's a skill. It takes a skill to humble myself and throw my worship out there when it doesn't sound good to secular ears. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a challenging thing. We get very conscientious about our voices. Uh, everybody thinks, I guess because American Idol's on television. <laughs> well, if, I, if I'm a singer, I need to be good enough to have a record deal. Otherwise, I'm not a singer. That's not my talent. Yeah. Uh, and yet the scripture tells us to sing and to sing from our hearts. And there's a whole nother experience and a whole nother sound of congregational singing. When I'm not singing to perform for these people around me, I am singing with them to God, and it is a different dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and that is certainly something that has to be learned. Yeah. Which leads to the third principle, and that is, so number one, worship should be fresh. Number two, it should be with skill. Number three, it should be fervent with mm. loud shouts, he mm-hmm. says. Now, look, this is not screaming. Mm-hmm. All right. And make a joyful noise doesn't mean just scream at the top of our lungs, but the, the idea of shouting is a fervency. And I understand. Okay, Andrew, look, I understand. Not not everyone is as characteristically boisterous as some of the people you know. I'm not going to name any names. Okay. <laughs> there is a Pray time. big. <laughs> there inside joke. There is a time for subdued and worshipful reverence. I'm fine with that. But if if my voice in singing is not with fervor, at least my thoughts and my attitudes and my heart should be. Yeah. You know, I'm go, go ahead. Well, so was, many things are coming up. In this psalm, we've already pointed out, surprise, surprise, it's a time of famine and hardship. But here is shouting with joy to the Lord. It's not a hypocrisy. Okay, it's it's this is the truth of God and this is what he deserves regardless of our circumstance. Yes. I mean, now we're really giving an offering of praise, a sacrifice of praise when it is perhaps challenging for me in my heart to give it. Mm. But that's what sacrifice is. Sacrifice costs. Yes. And I think even the most restrained and solemn among us need to admit that if a touchdown from our favorite football team deserves a shout of joy. Surely our God does every now and then as well. Don't you think? Yes. Yes. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, God deserves worship and worship is worth it. And I I hope we see that here. Worship needs to be fresh. It needs to be skilled. It needs to be fervent. We'd love to hear what you're learning from the Psalms or or whatever it is that you're reading in scripture right now. Send us a message, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Andrew, wrap us up with some worshipful prayer. Our great God and Father. We rejoice in you, Lord. We are thankful that we are forgiven of our sins, that we might be your people in your sight to be called righteous and to be called upright. And because of the joy of that position, Father, we praise you. It's beautiful. It's appropriate. It's right to praise you, Father, with joy, with skill, with fervency. Mm. Father, with volume. Amen. You are worthy of every good praise and adoration. We lift up your name high today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. It sure does. So... (laughs) <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> you were going to do some editing anyway, weren't you? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay.